0: This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a closer look at one congressman's involvement in the school mask mandate debate. Hello, and welcome to Under the Dome, the News and Observer's political podcast. This is Will Doran, and I'm going to be your host this week as we take a closer look at school reopening and what they are doing about COVID, specifically uh, with masks. That was the big thing in the news uh, recently uh, for several reasons. Uh, one, you are seeing some school districts reevaluate their decision to mandate masks, and I, I should say that nearly every school district in the state is mandating masks right now. We have 115 school districts uh, because we have 100 counties and they each have their own school district. And then there's uh, 15 cities that have also split off from the counties and created their own individual separate school districts. Um, So out of those 115 school districts, uh, there's around, I believe, 110 as of the time I'm recording this that have mask mandates. There are only just a small handful that have either never did a mask mandate or have recently voted to overturn it. However, uh, the reason why we are talking about it this week is there is growing political pressure on school districts, particularly in more red areas of the state, to get rid of those mask mandates and uh, to to let students and teachers uh, and other school employees decide if they want to wear a mask or not instead of requiring it for everybody. Um, that was uh, probably been growing it there there was a movement that started uh out in uh, Asheville Buncombe County uh, a group of uh, parents out there uh staged uh I guess a pretend coup is maybe the best way to put it uh they declared themselves the the new school board and declared that the old school board was defunct um of course that is not how democracy works in America you, you can't just do that so you know they obviously do not have any power, uh, but they got some headlines for that. Um, and then uh, we saw an even larger group of angry parents in Johnston County. Um, congressman Madison Cawthorn uh, led that group in Johnston County. Now, I should note he is the congressman out in Asheville, in that area, the western part of the state. But he drove down to Johnston County uh, with some supporters. It was a little unclear why uh, Johnston County was picked, um, other than it is a large and Republican leaning county right next to the triangle media market. Um, and as political science professor, uh, Chris Cooper pointed out, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, you know, Cawthorne has done a great job of raising money off of things like these. He has a huge profile, not just in the state, but nationally, um, and has been raising tons and tons of money compared to, uh north carolina's more uh shall we say mainstream republican politicians and you know part of it is doing things like this uh so he took the show to johnson county had hundreds of people out there for the school board meeting uh to try to pressure the school board into dropping the mask mandate i'm going to talk in a second you're going to hear uh with my from my colleague kern huey uh he is our education reporter at the news and observer and he was down in johnson county for that um but, you know, this is, as I said earlier, this is really a, a growing issue because there had been pretty much uniform agreement all across the state that masks were necessary for schools, that schools should require masks. But that is starting to drop off a little bit now. And the, there's a new state law, actually, that requires school boards to take a vote every single month on mask mandates. And so they, you know, that obviously is going to create lots of platforms in every single county in the state every single month uh, for potential protests like this, for politicians to change their mind. Of course, on the flip side, that also means that, you know, if schools do go away from mask mandate and drop the mandate, but then see that they have a resurgence of COVID, they are required to have another vote again in a month and they can put it back if they want to. So it, the, it does cut both ways there. Um, But let's take a break right here and listen to my conversation with Kern. All right, I am here with my colleague Kern Huey. Uh, He has been covering schools for us for years at the News and Observer. Uh, He was down recently in Johnston County uh, when uh, Representative Madison Cawthorn brought a big crowd down there to talk about masks. Um, Kern mostly covers Wake County schools, also just Statewide uh, K through 12 policy and politics, um, and Kern, there's probably never been quite this much attention paid on school boards. Uh, maybe when we were going through Common Core and when Common Core was still new, uh, school boards were in the news all the time. But do you remember a time that you've been covering schools so that there's been this much intense focus and protests and things like that at school board meetings?
1: Not on a statewide basis. I mean, I I covered Wake County back in early part of the the, the 2010s when the Republicans had the majority and then you had the, you know, frequent arrests. I mean, but that was more of a Wake County thing. What's different? uh, Well, Common Core is a statewide issue. This is now a local issue. So basically, you've got fights being, you know, all 115 school boards all having to individually face the issue on their own. And and with the new state law requiring them to have a monthly vote on the issue it's it's basically seeing these fairly intense showdowns where lots of emotion is being displayed you where know, it, it, it's it you basically see the level of of just just you know anger and frustration being shown by some people there that yeah i haven't seen in a while, but then it kind of masks what you're seeing a nationwide level of politics right now.
0: Yeah, well, and as you mentioned, you know the, the decisions on a lot of COVID policies for schools are up to the individual school district themselves. I and mean, that was something that uh, Republican politicians here wanted. They did not want uh, Governor Barbara Cooper to step in and say, you know, every state in the school has to require masks or anything like that. And so. Uh, they passed a bill and then Cooper ended up signing it saying that, uh, you know, schools can make their own decisions on this. But then really what you saw is once that passed, what, every single school district in the state or just about every school district in the state decided to go ahead and mandate masks?
1: Well, at that point, pretty much most of them were already had, but, but the new law basically is forcing the districts, which had already, which had decided to, they can't duck the issue. Uh, we're at the point now where there are only five school districts. The ballot number is starting to grow again, which are not requiring masks. But because of the new law, the Republicans, which had wanted school districts to make masks optional, are now forcing the, the mask districts that have masks required to have to vote on it monthly. So now they can't say, oh, we're going to wait another month before we decide. We're going to have now every month we're going to have to come back and keep voting monthly, month after month on the issue. So it's ensured that every month that you're going to see some parents that protesters, going to show up at that meeting and demand action. And, and it's kind of pretty intense. I mean, you've had you kind know, of death threats made against some school board members. You had, had vandalism at some board meetings. You know, you know bunking kind of you know, trying to take over this, the seats of the board members. It's it's and you have multiple board meetings where people have to be physically removed from the meeting because they refuse to stop talking.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, the, the drama at some of these meetings, I mean, yeah, there was that kind of fake coup in Buncombe County where a group of parents sort of appointed themselves as a shadow school board with, you know, no authority behind that announcement. There was, I saw in Statesville, I believe it was, uh, one of the protesters smashed a glass door outside the meeting uh, you know obviously we've seen hundreds of people show up uh, you know when uh, to in in Johnston county. Um, and you know this is something that school boards are going to have to be doing every single month. as you noted, um, you know they they have to retake a vote on the mask decision each month. Um, and so I mean, do you see these protests continuing with this kind of severity? And passion? Do you see it kind of dying down as we get into the winter? What do you expect to see here statewide?
1: Oh, it's definitely a continuum. I mean, we had, you know, before the Delta variant really started becoming more of a concern, we were at a situation where the majority of school districts in the state were going to be mask optional. So you still got, at this point, about 57 school districts around the state, which were going to be mask optional, which then decided today we're going to require it. So you those in particular, the school board where you're going to see protesters imp- are going to be targeting them because they saw that at one point, they were not going to require them. So if they keep showing up again, they may be able to flip them. And that, like what happened yesterday in Johnson County. That was one of the districts that that originally was going to be mask optional, but they they only changed to requiring on a, when one board member flipped her vote. So if they so some of the protesters think that they can just Get one more person to flip, they can go back to being optional again, and you guys see that situation appearing in all these other school districts as well. Where I mean, a lot of the votes are pretty split to go to, to require a mask. so it's it's going to keep happening until you see a situation where most of the the school districts are are mask optional. Yeah, well, in some of the
0: the more blue areas of the state. um you know, there, there's probably we're not going to see as many protests because, you know, Democrats have been a little bit more okay with some of the mask mandates and things like that. Um, I mean, you know, Madison Cothran's not coming to to Raleigh <laughs> to the school board meeting for Wake County. Uh, he's coming to Johnson County. Um, but tell us a little bit what you saw in Johnson County when he was down there. I mean, he got hundreds of people out. Obviously, he came from across the state, had, you know, had kind of identified this meeting as a a place to, uh, you know, you know, make a big scene with the protest and you know bring a big crowd out and really you know get that message out. What what was that like when you were down there? What was the atmosphere?
1: Well, it, it was a combination, you know, object to Johnston County school mask requirement and also a general rally for GOP candidates. So you had multiple speakers there, both at the you know the individual town and county. Uh, level for John Scott kind of up to the state and federal level, who are all talking about, you know, this is we need to elect more Republicans, and we need to make the state more red, we need to um, go out there and ensure that uh, there's a veto-proof majority in the legislature, we need to retake Congress, we need to uh, retake the White House, and we, uh, one one of the candidates who's running against David Price was going out there saying that uh, President Biden was Satan and saying he's got dementia. And you had other speakers talking about how now school boards are being run by uh, Marxists. And so that was the level of, of, you know, of anger and feeling that the country is now being taken over by socialists in their view. And I mean, one of the event organizers put, you know, this is a battle between good versus evil. And obviously, depending on your perspective, you can say which one's good and which is evil. But, yeah, but clearly, in their minds, this is now. A, a, a very intense argument, which also at some points has lots of religious symbolism for them too.
0: Yeah, the I mean the the religious symbolism, obviously the political uh side-taking here. And you know, I, I think it should be noted there's you know a lot of parents who are scared about COVID and scared about their kids, especially the younger kids that can't get vaccinated yet. Um and you know. Then, on the other hand, you have all of these parents who are angry at the mask mandates, and you know. So you kind of have this, this push and pull between the parents. In general, do teachers and other school employees do they fall pretty much just on one side of this debate, or are they just as split as the parents and the politicians are? I
1: mean, th- we've heard people from we've heard people from both sides. I mean, I mean. NCAE, for instance, is in favor of continuing to require masks. And so they've had uh, speakers from the individual chapters uh, talk at meetings about the need to continue and how, while they don't like wearing masks in class, that in order to ensure that kids are, are less likely to, to get COVID, that they're willing to do that. Uh, but then you've also had um, a few teachers who also at meetings arguing that, you know, that if they have to wear a mask, and if they have to get a vaccine, they're going to quit. So it, but so it's, it's hard to know what the exact point is, but, you know, at the organizational level, you, you've got, you know, NCAE saying that they're in favor of continuing the mask requirements. And, you know, they, they were rather critical when uh, Union County eased its requirements um, this week. Yeah,
0: well, and and one thing I noticed from your reporting from Johnson County is, you know, for some of the protesters, it's not just the mask mandates that they're upset about. Um, you know, Madison Cawthorn was also calling for an end to contact tracing, which I will admit kind of surprised me because you would think if you know, the, I mean, the the quickest way to get rid of mask mandates is to end the pandemic and contact tracing. You know, when you Go back and tell people, hey, you made it been exposed. You should probably, you know, quarantine before you, or at least get tested before you go out and, you know, potentially expose other people. You'd think that, you know, contact tracing could be a, a pretty quick way of, uh, of trying to end this thing.
1: Well, yeah, at least for the districts which are cutting back on it, what they're saying is that their their resources are being tied up doing contact tracing. So you know, rather than have their school employees do that, um, they, they ever have them do other things. Now, of course, now, if you don't do contract tracing, then you, you avoid identifying as many people who could face quarantine. So you, you get you'll know, get that result by ending the contact tracing. Interesting. So if you're a district that doesn't want to have kids, have as many kids being quarantined, if you stop the contact tracing, that's another way to get down get down the number of kids who might be quarantined
0: yeah well and i'm I'm sure that would be popular with uh with parents who don't want to uh have their kid at home quarantined um you know if they have to work or something especially since we are now entering year two of this um and so many parents were so excited to get their kids back to school um i i I suppose that's where a lot of a lot of that opposition to the the contact tracing is maybe coming from um what what else did you hear there i mean there, there was the opposition to the mask mandates you know, obviously the, the broader political things, the opposition to the uh, the contact tracing, uh, what other sorts of uh, uh, of messaging uh, did, did you hear down there in Johnson County, or was that pretty much the extent of it?
1: Well, it's the other school issue that, that some speakers mentioned too, was, you know, the the charge that critical race theory is being taught in schools and that um, that's part of the reason why they need to go out and elect more Republicans to prevent that from occurring. Uh, you know, yeah, one speaker is you know, basically one of the candidates was a candidate running for office for Congress in Tennessee was trying to compare the situation what's happening to what was happening in Cuba when socialists took over and they warned not you know, they're careful become just like what happened when Fidel Castro led the country. So you know, that's, you know, some of the kind of the arguments that uh, some people are making
0: yeah i i don't know that uh if if socialism uh does come to america that uh johnston county will be the first place it comes to um <laughs> but uh, i i guess we'll have to wait and see on that one um but yeah the the critical race theory is uh you know obviously a, a whole a whole other topic uh that uh we we could spend a, a lot of time talking about um but uh <laughs> uh for for this week i think we wanted to mostly stay focused on masks and um you know it, it's definitely something to to keep watching um you know like you said there there were originally close to 60 school districts uh that were you know originally planning on being mask optional but then because of the, the resurgence of the delta variant you know chose to to mandate masks and uh which was you know that's What close to close to half of the school districts in the state? There's 115 of them, Um, but then because of Delta, as you said, Kern, you know, around, you know, 110 of them now have that mask mandate. But you know, definitely something to to keep watching. Um, You know, different areas of the state uh, might start start losing these mandates, um, especially as uh, these political protests were on. Um, You know, Johnson County postponed their vote. with this rally, but, uh, you know, they they are required to have a vote soon uh, by that state law that requires them to vote every month. Um, So we'll see. And I suppose you could also see some states if they if they lose their mandates and then, you know, cases get even worse because there are votes required every month, they could put the mandate back. Um, But that is getting a little little far down the road here, Um, (laughs) just into the the realm of speculation. So we'll leave that for the future. Kern, thank you for joining us. Are there any uh, parting thoughts you have about this whole uh, kerfuffle here with the with the masks and, and what people and especially parents or school employees should be on the lookout for over the next month or two? Well,
1: the next, the next big thing that's happening, especially in the districts which are continuing masking, is we're seeing more and more districts are talking about mandating vaccinations for school employees and mandating vaccinations for student athletes um, uh, you now some of the republicans argue that you can't do that for students some of the school districts argue that they can at least for the athletes because you it's not like you that you, you that athletics is something you have to do but clearly that is you now that's going to be a fight moving forward as to whether or not um you we should whether or not schools should go ahead and begin mandating these vaccinations and then also begin mandating the uh regular uh testing of the unvaccinated people yeah that'll be interesting to watch i mean high school
0: sports is uh a huge motivating factor for a lot of people here in north carolina obviously um you know we've seen bills over you know the, the fight over control of the high school sports association we've seen you know fights in 2020 over you know attendance at high school football games and things like that so yeah the fight over vaccines, particularly for athletes. I I would imagine that that will get especially heated um, whenever and wherever that happens. So uh, thank you, Kern. Definitely something to watch out for. And uh, thanks for joining us this week. Appreciate it. Glad uh, I could help. All right. So that should just about do it for this week. Um, I want you all to keep your eye out. Uh, There's a topic that I personally find very interesting uh, coming up in our podcast very soon. uh, My colleague Tyler Dukes is going to have a whole series of podcasts on redistricting. And you may hear me on that. Um, Anyone who's been following the News and Observer for a few years uh, knows that I have been writing a lot of stories about redistricting redistricting and gerrymandering. Uh, Tyler also is just uh, really really well versed in it. Uh, he had covered it at uh, a, uh, a competing media organization before he wisely joined the News and Observer and brought his talents to us. So uh, that is going to be a really great podcast for people who are interested in redistricting. And I have a feeling that probably applies to around 100% of our listeners on this podcast. And if you're not interested in redistricting, you should be uh it is going to really determine a lot of our politics or at least if not determine guide a lot of our politics for the next decade and it's just a it's a huge thing north carolina is almost certainly going to be in the national news uh with it you know as as we have been for years now uh you know it's kind of all eyes on us ohio maryland handful of other states uh but, uh, you know, so a lot of big stuff going on there. Watch out for Tyler's podcast. It's going to be really good. I'm very excited for it. And that should be dropping very soon. Uh, so, yes, please enjoy. And until next time, this was Will Doran. And thank you for listening.
1: For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com
0: slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for her weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at Newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.